0: All right, so a little story about how this came to be. Jack and I are meeting at Starbucks, which if you know me, I don't like coffee. So <laughs> not a good spot. Like if you want to meet with me, let's go to Chick-fil-A, all right? Nate knows, they, these guys over here know, let's just go to Chick-fil-A, it makes everything easier. Um, but to th- that day we were at Starbucks and I had this outline of like what, I don't even know what I would call it. It was just like stuff written down on a paper that I was like, I want you to look at this, Jack. And he's looking at it, and he's like, hmm, hmm. Turns page two, he's like, oh, dang, this is pretty, it's pretty good. When are you preaching this at BCM? And I was like, whoa. It's like, that is not the reaction I thought I was going to get from you. I thought you were just going to give me a fist bump and say, like, good job, dude. Like, see you tomorrow or something like that. <laughs> um, but, and I was like, for real? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And so we picked it. Step- First, it was March 31st. I was like, no that's, that's too soon, like, um, but we've picked today, and just so thankful for that, um, so let's jump into this, those who are taking notes, you see it on the screen, I would title this sermon, uh, purpose, but if you have a subtitle, I would do, uh, to know him, and to make him known, so there we are right now, and so how this kind of came to me was, really, one night, I just could not sleep, I was just rolling around in bed, I just could not sleep, and all I could think about was the verses of the Great Commission just bouncing in my head. Like, all I could think about was, like, how the TV screen, you know, like, it bounces. That's all I could feel in my head was that, like, the verses just doing that in my head. So I'm like, I literally was like, God, what are you trying to do? Like, I just want to go to sleep. Um, And so I eventually just rolled over, had a journal right there, and just started writing things down. And I really feel like um, from there, I've just kind of, like, sharpened up what I was trying to write that night, but really, man, like, this is just strictly, like, what the Spirit was, like, revealing to me in that moment, um, which is so cool because it's not Aaron White. It's just the Lord um, working through Aaron White, um, which is so cool. So with that being said, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive into this. Dear Lord, dear fathers, thank you so much for today. Um, just thank you so much for BCM and what it means for all of us, Lord. Um, I just pray for humility, Lord. Um, that you just humble me as I speak on this, Lord, and just not preach at them, Lord. But if this room was empty, Lord, that I would still need this to be preached to myself. Um, And so just thank you for your son, and thank you for everything that you've done for us. Uh, In your name we pray, amen. So if we open up to Matthew 28, verses 16 and 7, 16 through 20, I'm gonna read the whole thing just so we have context, and then I will narrow it down to 19 and 20. So it says, The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Jesus came near to them and said, Jesus came near to them. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. right, so now let's break it down and just pull out, 19 and 20. I just wanted us to have the context of everything that was going on in that, and now let's narrow it down to verses 19 and 20. So I'm going to read it again. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So as we think about these verses in context of when Jesus is giving his final command to the disciples... We have to keep in mind what Jesus, what disciples have been through with Jesus, right? It's been roughly three to four years, says Google, of uh, the disciples walking with Jesus, right? So three to four years of them observing him and getting to know him and all these things, right? So they've been with Jesus three to four years. But if we rewind it all the way back to Matthew 4, we look at Jesus' first uh, commandment that he offers the disciples. And that is the simple one, we all probably know it, and Jesus says... Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, right? So the first step in all of this was Jesus calling disciples to himself, calling disciples to know him. And his last final step, after they've learned about him and they know him, the step is to sin, right? He sends them away. So that's kind of how I got the to know him and to make him known. Like, that's not Aaron White. Like, that's, I know Angie's over here. She runs FCA. Um, she says that all the time. So that's, like, not my words. That's just what people say. Right? So, with that being said, I've learned at BCM that you don't need to listen until Jack says, what do we do with this? Right? So, just tune him out. Then he says, what do you need to do with this? And it's just a synopsis of what he just said. So, I'm going to start tonight (laughs) by saying, what do we do with this? Right? So, what do we actually do with this? Right? And I think... The first step in all of this is that we have to know God, right? If our purpose is to know him and to make him known, the first step is we have to know him. And so here are a couple, three ways um, that God's kind of revealed to me in ways that we can know God. And the first one is really simple and really easy. It's we need to learn about him, right? We need to gain knowledge of God. Hosea Hosea chapter 6, verse 6 this is God speaking. He says, For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice. The knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. So even in the Old Testament, God is t- telling us that we need the knowledge of Him. Then we look in Second Peter um, verses, uh, chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Right? So we're, we're gaining knowledge of God. Right? That's the first step. Uh, well, It's a step that we take into knowing about knowing God is we gain knowledge of God, right? And I think Brianna's story was so great about, like, what she said, and it fits here so perfect. She's like, I knew about God, right? She says, like, I can answer trivia questions, but I didn't really know God. And so we see that the knowledge of God is important, but it is not at all where we stop. We have to take it another step. And that next step is, second one, we need to interact with him, Right? So Billy Graham has this great quote about this, and he says, Reading the Bible is not where your engagement with the Bible ends. It's where it begins. The very practicing of reading the Bible will have a purifying effect upon your mind and heart. Let nothing take place of this daily exercise. So step one in, in ways in interacting with God is by reading the Bible and praying. I call this our daily communication with God, right? So we read the Bible. That's how God speaks to us. And we talk to God through prayer, and that's how we talk to God, right? So that's our daily communication with God. And there's so many scriptures about, you know, reading the Bible and praying and all this stuff. Um, But I think we can't stop there, right? My mom, who's actually in the back, everybody turn and say hey. (laughs) Um, She recently told me a story about this lady that had a shirt, and it says, reading the Bible is not enough. And she heard this lady and this guy having a conversation, and then she went up to him and talked about it. And really, the gist of the shirt is that reading the Bible is great, right? It's what Billy Graham says; like it's where we it's where we begin in our practice of knowing God and in our relationship. But if all we're doing is reading the Bible and praying, like that is not enough. Like that is paramount in our relationship, but doing that and only doing that is not enough. And so, a, a step two in interacting with God is we have to interact with his people, right? So congrats to all of you. You're doing it right now. Good job. But what does this look like? This looks like BCM. This looks like going to church, community groups, meeting with believers, right? We were made to be with one another, right? In the New Testament, there's a, I actually use this for a PowerPoint in school, but there's a word, it's called like allion, you know what I'm talking about? And it means one another, (laughs) It means one another, and it's mentioned a hundred times in the New Testament, right? One another, one another. Fifty-nine of those are commands about what we should do with one another. Um, and so I think it's so cool that these two, two ways we interact with God, we can use them to our advantage, right? So say I'm really diligent about reading my word and praying, but I may struggle with like community and finding people. I can go to things like BCM and find people that I know are pursuing the Lord and be like, "Hey, you want to you want to do a Bible study with me?" Right? And so that's how we interact with God. Or you're really good at coming to BCM but maybe you struggle with the practice of reading your Bible and stuff like that. Go to somebody and be like, "Hey, let's read the Bible together. Like let's let's dig into this." And so that's how we use these two things that God has wired us to do, like communicate with him and then have other believers, and we use those to continue our relationship and to continue to know him. And so with that, the third point, right? We're learning about God. We're interacting with God through our personal relationship and then relationships with other people. The last, the last thing and the most important thing is we need to surrender and believe. Um, and what is so amazing about these points is that they don't have to go in this order of you know, learn, um, interact, surrender. Like the gospel is so powerful that it can, it can meet us at any point in our walk. Um, like we could, boom, have an interaction with God, surrender and believe in that moment because the gospel is powerful enough to do that. And then we develop the knowledge and the interaction with him. Um, so that's what's so cool. These points are fluid. They're not, this is kind of how my brain organized it um, today, right? So we surrender and believe, right? And so what does that look like for us believers? It does, like, yes, there is, like, that initial um, surrender and believe, but that is, it's a, it's now, after that, it becomes a daily practice, right? In Luke 9, 23, Jesus is saying, if anyone would come after me, let him, deny, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, right? We just talked about the Lord's prayer and our need for daily bread. So as believers, It is a daily thing that we do. We daily wake up and we surrender to God's will for that day. Um, And I kind of have a good illusion for us to kind of, or illustration, not illusion. (laughs) I just pull out a magic trick. (laughs) Um, I have a cool illustration of how, like, it looks for us who are in Christ to surrender daily. So I had a buddy in high school, and he lived about 20 minutes away from school. It was 20 minutes interstate or 20 minutes back road, either way. And he would tell me every day he would wake up and look up the school address so he know which way was faster for that day. So if there was an accident on the interstate, that means he's taking the back roads. Or if there's something going on in the back roads, he's taking the interstate, right? So he did that. His first step of every day was to wake up and enter in the high school address and see which way he's going. And for us as believers, that's literally how we should operate our days. We should wake up every day and be like, God, today is your day. Like, God, I'm pursuing you in today. I need my daily bread, and I'm following your path for today. Um, and I just know in my life, like, how many times I fail at that, right? It's like, get up, got to go to class, or get up and got lifts, or I just wake up and I got nothing to do today, so I just chill and on my phone. Um, and how the difference between those days and the days I do wake up and surrender, and the peace that I have, and the joy that I have, and the love that I show other people. Um, and so that's been a big challenge to myself throughout this is for like having myself to do that, right? So it's it's be really easy to just get up here and, and say to do that, but to do it is even harder. And so something I've been challenging myself a lot recently is to wake up. It's even on my alarm. Like, I've canceled out the alarm um, title, and I just have, like, surrender um, just to remind me. Because if I didn't have reminders like that, I would forget because my flesh is awful, you know? <laughs> and so that is the encouragement for us is that we have access to that daily bread every day like we just talked about in the Lord's Prayer. And then, um, for people that are not surrendered to God or struggling with the idea of what surrendering is or what do you surrender to, um, I would encourage you with Jack's favorite verse, Romans 5.8. Um, but God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. um, and so I would say just trust in the gospel and believe in the gospel because it is true. Um, and if you're wondering what the gospel is, I think Brianna did such a good job of, of saying it. Um, and I was going to say it again. But it's really just like Christ came to earth. He was born as a baby, fully man and fully human, fully man and fully God, right? He walked on this earth. He, he talked on this earth. He did everything that we do in a normal day for them back then, right? He experienced every emotion, every temptation that we felt he experienced, and yet he did it without sin. And then to, to go above and beyond, he took the punishment that we deserved and suffered on our behalf on the cross. And then he didn't only do that, but then he got up and three days later walked out of the grave, defeating the two things that we can't and sin and death. And so now, through all of that, we have access to the Father, and we have access to everything that the Father provides for us. And so, um, and so, we see that there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so, He not only saves us from the wages of sin being death, and from eternity in hell, He saves us to Himself. He saves us to everything that he provides, right? The this, this shirt says made for more, and uh, my girlfriend got it for me. And on the back has all the fruits of the spirit. And in God, we obtain those, right? Peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, all those things that we now have access to because of what God's done on the cross. Um, and so I would just say for anybody that is a believer, like continue to remember that um, and just how impactful that has been in our lives. And to those that aren't believers, I would just say like, man, it is true and it is life-changing and is the most important thing that you can do is surrender yourself to Christ. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's just the truth. And so, so now we've, we're doing the thing, right? We're learning about God. We're interacting with God um, in all facets, and we have surrendered in belief. And so now we go back to the Great Commission, and we see the go. Right, and I think this is such a cool thing that we get to do as believers, is we get to go with the Spirit, like on Jesus' behalf. Right, like God really, like if He wanted to, He didn't need to use us because He's so powerful and so awesome that He couldn't. He, He, like He could do it without us, but yet He loves us so much that He chooses like to do it with us, you know, and through us. Um, And I think that's so cool and such a privilege. Also, somewhat scary that the God of the universe trusts us, right? Um, And I just think. Again, there's just three ways that we can go and make disciples of all nations. And so the first one is really simple. It is just live like Jesus. Um, and that is really simple but is not obtainable because we know Jesus was perfect. But we see in Ephesians 5.1, it says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. And I think the only way to imitate someone and imitate them well is by knowing them. Right? So you got to know somebody pretty well to be able to, to copy them and what they do. Um, and so that's where we go back on the know part of everything. Right? And we see back in the day, the word Christian, the origin of the word was meant as kind of an insult to people. It was, it was a little Christ, right? And like, man, that's, that should be such an honor for us. Like, yeah, I'm a little Christ. Like, yeah, I am, man. I'm, I'm going after him. I'm not big Christ, but I'm little Christ. Um, and just like how cool... That could be for us. And, I, and another great quote by C.S. Lewis. Um, I have a lot of quotes. I think Jack did that to me. Um, and, it, and it fits in so well here. And it says, We must show our Christian colors if we are to be true to Jesus Christ. Um, and just how, how true that is. And I think, secondly, um, this is the one you probably thought we were going to be first. I wanted to throw you off. The second point is talk and spread the gospel. Right? And so... Another quote, Charles Stanley, Um, he says, God's plan for enlarging his kingdom is so simple. One person telling another about the Savior. Yet we're so busy and full of excuses. Just remember, someone's destiny is at stake. The joy you'll have when you meet that person in heaven will far exceed any discomfort you felt sharing the gospel. That one hit. (laughs) Um, Just how true that is that I am so busy and full of excuses. Um, and I think a lot of times I, and we overcomplicate this part of talking and spreading the gospel that we think it has to be in the, in the right environment or the, the right words and all that stuff. And I think a lot of times, man, if we can just get somebody talking, we can get the conversation to about God somehow, some way, um, like people are wired for God. And so if we can just get them talking, like the, the way they're wired will come out, um, or it's, Something that we can just slide. Yeah, I've been reading this. Or, yeah, my church, we've been doing this. And boom, the conversation shifts to now we're talking about God. Um, And I think, I know in my life, as, as I've prayed for these opportunities to talk and spread the gospel with people and teammates and stuff like that, the opportunities have been there. And what I've realized in my life is that I don't think God just grants us opportunities to spread the gospel when we're praying and we're looking for them. I think they're always there. It's just whether or not our eyes and our hearts are ready for them. Um, and so that's what I've seen in my life is as I'm praying and as I'm, as I'm diligent about thinking about pointing the, the, the conversation to God and talking about the gospel, those conversations have just appeared and appeared and appeared and appeared. And the times where I haven't been as diligent or I'm not thinking about um, spreading the gospel or, or praying about it, like I find myself at home, thinking about a conversation that I had, like, man, like, that was God, like, banging on my head, like, talk about me, like, talk about me, and it's like, man, messed up there, but that's why we have repentance, and uh, that's why we have grace, and so I think that's just so cool that, like, man, like, prepare ourselves in prayer, like, as we get to know him and we're interacting with him, like, we can prepare for going by prayer, And so lastly, um, this is the one I find really, really hard or really, really easy. And that is love and serve like Jesus. And we know that Jesus came to serve and not to be served. Um, And from 1 Timothy, we know that the aim of our charge is love. And I think just about the example of Jesus and, and how he loved the people in society that were unlovable and how he loved the people that were outcasts and all this stuff and, and how many times, like, I know for me, like, I miss these people because I'm just in my own world, in my own zone. Like, I think about what Kendall talked about last week, the lady at the well, um, and how Jesus didn't miss her. Like, he loved her and he was serving her so much that, that he was intentional about talking to her. And, like, Zacchaeus in the tree. Like, I know how many times I'd be walking down the street, I'd see Zacchaeus be like, what is he doing in the tree? Like, But, like, Jesus sees him and loves him and serves him. Um, and just, like, man, that is just so, um, that's just been on my, big on my heart about seeing people that feel unseen. Especially in, in, in places like this, like, man, it should be hard for someone to go unseen. It should be hard for someone to go unloved. Um, and I think that's, like, the challenge for us in life, but also the challenge for us as BCM is like, there should be no one that feels unseen, no one that feels unloved, no one that feels unserved. And so, to end all of this, I think our challenge is simple. Um, it's how can we increase our know of God so that we can increase our go for God? Um, and so, I think if we can focus on fulfilling this purpose in our life, <clears throat> this per- purpose in our lives, God will reveal the plans that he has for us. Um, And I just think as we go into the summer or into a new job or into a new stage of life, right, and as circumstances change and people in our lives change and all this stuff, like God doesn't change and our calling on our lives doesn't change. Um, And so that is just so cool that like we have a, a steady rock. We have a firm foundation. Like we have a God that does not change and that has called us to a purpose and that is to know him and to make him known Um, and so I think this is where I invite the band back up right is that what we do yeah invite the band back up I wrote it I wrote it down (laughs) Um, invite the band back up um, and then like if there's anybody that wants to talk or anything I'm pretty sure like Jack will be in the back of the room and Kindle and stuff like that Um, man I just think like As we go into exams and we go into summer and stuff like that, it's really hard to to get caught up in a lot of things. But I think, like, for us, again, the challenge is how can we increase our know of God so we can increase our go for God. So I'm going to pray, and then I'll hop off this stage. Dear Lord, um, thank you so much, uh, Father. Thank you so much that your word is living and active and uh, that you didn't just stay in the tomb, Lord, that you walked out of it alive. Um, and so that we don't worship some dead God, Lord, but we worship a God that is living and active, Lord, and that you can, you can work someone's spirit like me um, to be able to just talk about these things, Lord, that you've provided for us. Lord, like this is not something that I could have done on my own, Lord, but this is because of what you are doing in my life. And um, just thank you so much for what you are to me and what you are to this room. Father, and I just pray that for all of us that we just we just grow in our knowledge of you, um, and we get to know you so well, and that we can go and just live a life that we're called to live, um, and let people know about you, Father, and so just, just thank you so much for this opportunity, thank you so much for BCM, thank you so much for the people listening to me, um, yeah, and just thank you for your son, Here we pray, amen.